You are listening to a Stat Media Group production. This is Cargo Masterminds presented by Cargo One. This is an exclusive one-to-one weekly interview series with leaders from the world's leading air cargo and logistics companies. It is Monday and it is time to catch up with the new Cargo Mastermind with your host, Reggie John. After almost three years of unprecedented supply chain disruptions and extraordinary financial performance by logistic companies, the year 2023 brought its own unique set of challenges and opportunities. The effects of the COVID-19 pandemic, the rising cost of living and the unpredictable geopolitical unrest are all having an adverse impact on the global community, economy and freight industry. But logistic companies of global size and scale, with several decades of operational excellence, are preparing to survive and thrive despite the headwinds of the present and of the future. Hellman Worldwide Logistics, founded in 1871, has developed into one of the largest international logistics providers. It continues to offer the right solution for the complex logistics requirements of its customers and rely on future-oriented digital services for maximum transparency and more efficient supply chains. In this episode of Cargo Masterminds, I speak to Jan Kleine Lastius, Chief Operating Officer, Air Freight at Hellman Worldwide Logistics, and find out from him the pressures of the current market conditions on Hellman's air freight business and in this period of uncertainties, where does he see opportunities? Jan has been with Hellman for little over 11 years. In January 2020, Hellman, as part of expanding its executive board for further strategic growth, promoted Jan to the role of Chief Operating Officer responsible for global air freight at Hellman Worldwide Logistics. Overall, Jan has 23 years of experience in the freight industry. Jan, welcome to Cargo Masterminds and thank you so much for finding time to talk to us. Thank you and uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for inviting me. Jan, let me start with your 2022 financial result, uh, which was strong despite uh, persistently challenging market conditions. Tell us a few highlights of 2022 with specific reference to the air freight division of uh, Hellman. Well, talking about our results at Hellman, well, normally we don't publish too much into uh, product-specific numbers. But on the other hand, well, I think if you follow like World ACD informations, IATA informations, you could see how we were climbing up the global rankings over the last years, which shows that we are gaining market share and that we're somehow did something right at Hellman. But on the other hand, well, we're at the moment at Hellman uh, talking about a revenue which uh, we cracked globally, which is above 5 billion, which is a growth of 24%. We had a shipment count, uh, which grew uh, significantly above 20 million shipments in 2022. And well, also our EBIT was growing 31% above the last year. And at the moment, we are delivering around 210 million, 211 million EBDA. So overall, I think very successful numbers. But again, if you look on the air freight numbers, look where we are, look where we developing, look on our development in the global rankings. There you can see really 
what we did right. And overall, well, you can see that air freight at Helmand counts at about one third of the total results. Yeah, and uh, I want you to reflect on the current uh, air freight market conditions and uh, given the contraction in demand and pressure on yields, what are you doing to get your cargo revenue management right as the cycle keeps turning? Well, if we look on the actual market, I think what we did well are we didn't went into this uh, big amount of charter capacity, at least, or especially in the last few months or in the last year. Sure, we had some uh, shuttle capacity, but uh, we also trusted a lot our partners, our well, core carrier in our so-called golden circle, which are the airline partners, the top 10 airline partners we're working with. And that really helped us, right? So we don't have those uh, shuttered aircraft sitting somewhere around, which are half empty flying. So no, we really were lucky with trusting our partners, working with BSAs, working on uh, capacity which we secured with them and that helped us not being hit as hard as others in the market at the moment. What are some of the specific and peculiar trends uh, you are watching this year in the global freight market in general and air freight in particular after what were an extraordinary two years of uh, global air freight demand? Well, what we see at the moment, and that's also the feedback which we get from the market, right? It's really interesting to see how the rates are going down. But if we talk to the airlines, and if we listen to the market, it's not the airlines driving the rates down. At the moment, what we see, the rate level, especially out of countries like Vietnam or Hong Kong, where there's a lot of shuttered capacity from our friendly competitors, the rates are going down, but driven down by the forwarding industry. So the forwarders try to fill their aircrafts with any rate, right? Just reducing the losses, but not, well, if you look at the rates, I would say a lot of them don't even cover the OPEX of the aircraft, so they make losses, but just reducing those losses and being in those long-term contracts. So that's what we see, which was never the case in the past. So that's a pretty new development. So forwarders driving down the rates with rates in the market below the rate level of what airlines are selling and far below that level of airline rates. So I think that's pretty unique to the actual market environment. But on the other hand, what we also see as a trend now, most of the verticals, industries are going down. So if we talk about the automotive industry, but heavily hit was especially the fashion industry. So we see since a year, I would say that the fashion industry on a downtrend and it's really it stick to that very low level of volumes. And that's something also unique, which we never had in the past before. But they, well, if you talk to the industry, fashion industry, their warehouses are full and, uh, well, consumer demand is down. And so I think uh, there are several reasons for that, especially interest rates, the high inflation rates are driving consumer demand down. And very important point for us, especially as Helman, is that the perishable market is going up. So one of the few markets which are growing in 2023 is the perishable markets. They have excellent results in the perishable industry. They have huge volumes and we are really participating a lot on it in the especially Latin American markets. Yeah, uh, are we going to see a peak in this year uh, around the fourth quarter? What is the sense that you get? Well, if I look at the market at the moment, I would say there will be a little uptrend but it's not a peak as we had it in 21, right? Which was an extraordinary peak. We had also before COVID, 
where like two, three years, no real peak. Before that, we had always the peak. So my expectation, looking on the market developments, and as I said, right, interest rate going up, inflations are still high, energy costs are high. So I don't think there will be a huge increase in demand. And on the other hand, you have so much new additional capacity coming into the market, well, from airlines, from uh, shipping lines, from forwarders, and then as well, the passenger traffic is booming, right? And that also pumping a lot of additional capacity into the market. So even if there's an uptick, even if there's a peak, a little peak, but that will not have a huge impact on the rate developments in the market. Look into the current macroeconomic trends and fluidity of the geopolitics across the globe. And what do you see are the top headwinds? And do you expect any tailwind for uh, global air freight and for uh, Hellman? Well, there are a lot of headwinds, right? And uh, I think, well, talking about the Ukraine crisis and the geopolitical issues between uh, the US and China, which are increasing, I think there are a lot of issues, especially talking about global supply chains and globalization, right? So I think there are a lot of headwinds. And then, uh, well, the ones which I mentioned already, but what we see at the moment in some markets, well, energy costs is, are coming down a bit, right? Especially if you look at the European market, the energy costs have stabilized or even went down. Electricity costs went down and heating and so on went down a bit. So that could help us and give us just a little tailwind. And then also talking about that peak season we just talked about, maybe that will help to get a little upswing because... Well, consumer behavior, when the people see that they have, again, a bit more money in their pockets, well, maybe they start spending it and not thinking, well, maybe I can uh, wear that suit another two years or drive that car for two more years. Maybe they say, okay, I can, I feel a bit more secure and don't see that much uncertainty at the moment in the market and spend a bit more, which can really help also us on the logistics side that there will be more demand. And especially some products selling better than others, that means always air freight and not only sea freight. So that's really where I think that can give us some tailwinds. How does the Hellman consider the ideas of access to dedicated main deck capacity and long-term contracts to manage controlled capacity with carriers for your key customers? Uh, do you think that these are valid and relevant business trends even in the current market conditions? I think there are some markets in the world where you always need some fixed allocations, main deck allocations, where you need to sign BSAs, or look at China, look at Hong Kong, right? So I think that are the places where you always need to secure some capacity. And that's what we're doing for sure, because we need to make sure that if there's upswing in business, even if, if the rates are heavily going up, we secure the capacity and the rates for our customers. But overall, to be honest, I, I think we have decided on our side, to sign by far less BSAs, right? If you compare it to what we signed like one or two years back, it's a huge drop in fixed allocations. Yeah, secure some capacity, but on the other hand, serve the spot market, right? The wave of the spot market and uh, get the best out of it. I think that's what we're doing at the moment. Let's see how the market develops. I'm pretty sure in the future, there will be the time where BSAs and long-term contracts or even charters and and ACMI deals, again, important again. Uh, but for the time being, we reduce really BSA to a much smaller share than in the past after less long-term contracts. Yeah, and uh, in the recent past, in fact, even much before the pandemic, uh, there has been a rethinking of how to reduce the risk of global supply chains by diversifying manufacturing and therefore 
We have now something called uh, China Plus One or China Plus Two. As a global forwarder with footprint in key production centers around the world, how do you plan to capitalize on the growing trading blocks around Asia like ASEAN nations? Well, I think we see the demand growing in some countries, right? At the moment, Vietnam is not that strong, but what we saw over the last one or two years that Vietnam was getting stronger and stronger and similar India, right? We see a huge and increasing demand in India. So that, as you rightfully said, we have a global network that helps us to be active in those markets and offer our customers the solution, not only out of China, but really helping them also to manage the flows from all over Asia. But not all, only all over Asia, because well, what we see as well is the discussion not only China plus one or China plus two, but also talking about nearshoring, right? And I think that's also where we have a clear advantage as Helmand, that we are not only a pure and sea freight forwarder, for sure, my heart is uh, for air freight, but I have colleagues who are more into the road freight, right? And if you see how much we were able to grow our road business intra-Euro, and as well talking about North America, Mexico to North America, I think this is really where we see it also changing the business at the moment that you see some industries moving again closer to the markets. So I think that's Asia is one part and we're pretty good in that. But on the other hand as well, the nearshoring part is something for the future, which is really changing the markets. Jan, what is your reading of the integrated uh, logistic approach and value proposition by key players in the freight industry in the wake of the pandemic boom? particularly coming from the ocean liners. And uh, do you think, how will this change uh, the freight uh, forwarding landscape? I think, yeah, we know the ocean carriers, they have deep pockets full of money. And at the moment, they already learned, I think, being an airline is not that easy, right? There's a reason why uh, they some of their the aircrafts have been given to real airlines for sales, right? And uh, where they really learned the, it's a different market than the uh, the traditional ocean freight market. And now on the other hand, well, they're buying uh, forwarders and uh, merging these forwarders. I think the threat for us is not bigger than another normal big forwarder. Because at the end, one end, they want to sell the capacity of those uh, own airlines to forwarders. So they have to make sure that they are neutral with those airlines. And on the other hand, I believe talking about competition law and so on, they have also to make sure that it's not too much interaction between their forwarding arms and their airline arms. So I think at the end, they're creating a single source for some of our customers. But I think even there, some of our customers already give the feedback. Well, we don't all uh, eggs in one basket, right? So we already have customers who are coming to us and tell us, okay, well, we will take some business from one of these large new forwarders or even mega forwarders away. And we will, well, share it or give it to other forwarders and tender it and make sure that we have mitigate the risk, right? Do we expect to see the emergence of what we call is the super forwarders given the consolidation that we have seen in the industry and many more in the pipeline in the recent past and the coming up in the near future? I think the M&A activities especially in the top 20s, keep on going, right? I think that's what you see. They're mega forwarders. But on the other hand, we also see, as I just mentioned, there are some market shares which are moving away, right? It's not one plus one is two. Quite often you see one plus one is maximum 1.5 and 50% of the business goes then to other forwarders. And I think that also helped us medium-sized 
global forwarders to gain some market shares. And if you see in the global air freight rankings, you see a lot of forwarders climbing up, right? And that's where you see it's not only an advantage to be very large, because I think they're also getting unflexible and not that fast reacting on the market and so on. Yeah, sure. Volume and the leverage of the size is important. But again, you will see more M&As, but not bigger is better, better is better. Let's discuss now the digitalization of freight industry, particularly with reference to the air freight industry. Hellman has been very aggressive in its digitalization strategy and invested significantly in digitalization of business processes and forward-looking technologies. The company also made a few strategically important acquisitions to support further growth. Tell us the criticality of uh, digital transformation at the core of Hellman's uh, strategic vision for the future. Well, if you look at what we did at Hellman within the last five, six years, well, which somehow renewed our complete IT landscape, right? We have a new transport management for NC Freight, which we're actually rolling out. This uh, cargo-wise, we are developing a new uh, transport management system for our road freight. We're actually rolling out uh, a new finance system. We have a new HR system, a new CRM system. We're developing a new quotation tools ourselves. We have new rate databases. So somehow, well, we changed everything. Somehow it's as well a surgery uh, on the open heart, right? It's not that easy. But I think we really understood that it's important. If we want to survive in the future and uh, we want to be one of the innovation drivers, that's really important that we do these investments. So this is what we're doing at the moment, right? And this investment or this rollout will also take a few more years, right? Somewhere end of 24, we are done with the rollout of the new TMS system and then the CNR freight. In the same moment, we, with the rollout, we're changing our processes, right? So very important for us, we also invested into our business process management and implemented new business process management structures. So we really working not only doing the same with the new system, no, we want to do it different with the new system and really come to the point that we adapt to the digitalization. And then also from there, as soon as we have rolled out the new TMS as, as somehow the backbone of our operations, that we then on top start with automizing the processes, standardizing processes. So I think that's really important also where we, for example, work very close with Cargo IQ and implementing Cargo IQ standards to drive that forward. Because only if you have a certain standard in your operations, then you can start automizing and start to digitalize these processes. You know, Jan, uh, customer centricity is at the core and the center of any digital transformation strategies. What is your evaluation of the modernization of Hellman with Microsoft uh, 365 that was rolled out after Capgemini's recommendation to help Hellman to accelerate its uh, growth trajectory over the next 10 years? I think it's important, right? Because as I said, we have the new TMS, which is the operational backbone. And then everything around how we work in sales, how we work around the operation which are done in the TMS, we focus pretty much on using Microsoft 365. And the new CRM, which is a Microsoft solution, will help us as well to steer our Salesforce globally better. So we are that brings us into the position that we really can work on our opportunities 
find the right opportunities, steer our sales organization on the trade lanes which we want to develop, the industries which we want to develop. So it's really a key for us for the future to steer our organization, but also to gain productivity. Well, Microsoft 365 well uh, helped us really when uh, we started in the pandemic and we were not able to meet anymore face-to-face, but we had then uh, the Teams application on every phone, on every laptop already rolled up, and that really helped us. Where others are then at that moment started, okay, how can we work in the future without meeting in the office? No, we were ready. And that was really something which helped us to immediately kickstart in remote operation. How important is the change in mindset uh, to fully implement digital transformation strategies across a global organization that is more than uh, 150 years old with employees of different nationalities spread across the world? It's a big project for us, right? Mind change and changing to a more digital approach is really important. And as I said, we not only change the IT structure, but we also change the business process management, which really helps us to drive that mind change in our organization to optimize the processes there. But on the other hand, we also kicked off a cultural initiative within Hellman. And there was in this cultural initiative, the forward thinking and having a an, more approach, well, future-minded approach is also very important. So I think, yes, you come for sure to people who tell you, no, we did it always like this and we will go on like this. But for us, Helmand stands for the future and forward thinking and digitalization. And we really want to drive that into the future. So it's important that we do this cha- mind change and uh, that we reach everyone, right? It doesn't help you if you have this mind change on the top management level and the guys who are earning the money for the company who are doing the job, they are back in the 80s. No, that's not working. So really the mind change and reaching with change of the processes, everyone in our company is the key. Yeah, now let's talk about sustainability. How important is this on your agenda as the head of air freight at Hellman? Extremely important. Sustainability for us as Hellman is very important and strategic topic. I have, for example, in my team, one person who is really dedicated working on sustainability topics. And sustainability doesn't mean for us while well, we talk about sustainable aviation fuel only. No, versus sustainability really working on ideas beyond, work on really ideas how we can help our customers and consult them how they can reduce their CO2 footprint. That means if our customers want to reduce their CO2 footprint uh, within the next 15 years to net zero, then we don't need to do that overnight. So really help them. And if we talk about reducing, again, it's not only sustainable aviation fuel, it's not only offsetting, but if you talk about have a look for airlines with new aircrafts, with new engines, which can really help to reduce the CO2 footprint by easily double-digit percentages. Or if you talk about, sure, it's a good routing to go via Middle East with your freight. But well, we all know aircrafts burning the most fuel at takeoff and landing. And uh, that means if you have a routing from Asia to Europe via Middle East, well, you have at least one landing and takeoff again and a few more miles to take with that uh, with the cargo. And also there, direct routing to Europe can easily help you to reduce uh, the CO2 footprint in double digits, right? So telling our, or 
really helping and consulting our customers to optimize their supply chain by routing options, by airline selection. That's also things where we really think beyond and really want to help them as well while talking of optimization of packaging and so on. So, right? so if you do all this consulting, optimizing of the supply chain, only by that you easily can reduce the CO2 emission of a shipment between 30 and 50%, right? And then do the last mile with offsetting or sustainable aviation fuel. But first, optimize the supply chain. Yeah, now maybe a, a little more specific examples of how Hellman is working within the organization, some things that you already mentioned, uh, and with your customers to achieve uh, net zero and sustainability goals. Any specific examples uh, that you can highlight? Yeah, for example, we have one uh, fashion customer who has got their CO2-neutral collection, right? So he's got uh, one product or several products where he said that are the CO2-neutral products he's selling. It's sweaters, and but as well as shoes and so on. It's a sports company. Where we are working on to say, okay, let's start some pilot projects where we can say on this project, this particular product, you can go even beyond, right? So that you not only say the product itself is produced CO2-neutral, no, also logistics is done uh, CO2 neutral. So we go one step further, work with them on that project and really developing a solution where they can really at the end in their stores or selling in stores of their customers, say this product is a CO2 neutral production plus supply chain. So really net zero. But again, these are then some lighthouse projects we're working on with customers. And then on the other hand, say, okay, talking about net zero for the full supply chain, I think that would take a bit longer, but consulting before offsetting with sustainable aviation fuel or other offsetting modules. Maybe I'll end with this question on uh, where do you see the role of unmanned aerial vehicles, cargo drones playing an important role in the larger sustainability goals and an alternate mode of transport? Uh, do you watch that space and how important is that topic for you? Well, as you might know, we are the launching customer of Dronamics. So we're partnering with Dronamics already since uh, several years. We're working very close with VLAN and the whole team at Dronamics. So it's really something we are interested in and where we believe it can be a future business model in the air cargo industry. But not talking about the long-haul transports, more talking about mid-range transport and being a good add-on to the normal air freight, but as well replacing all these vans which are driving around the world and transporting cargo. So that's something we really believe in. And if we talk about Dronamics, I think, uh, well, their drones are really fuel efficient. And if you look at the CO2 emissions, which they have per kilo on the transport, is much lower than your regular air freight, which is not that difficult, but as well, they have lower CO2 emissions than uh, a lot of trucks and uh, vans which are driving around. Because normally when you see a van on the road, they have in a huge van, there's one pellet because it's urgent cargo. So if you compare that, really helps. And then on the next step, we and especially Dynamics are working on sustainable aviation fuel solutions for their drones. And if you compare it to the fuel consumption of a big jet, well, it's very small fuel consumption, very fuel efficient aircraft. So I believe that's the next step which we will take. At the moment, we are already, or Dronamics can already fly with 10% uh, biofuel in the engines. But the future will be having there also well, zero CO2 emissions with the transports. But already from the first transport on, we will be 
much more environmental friendly than many other transport modes. Jan, it was such a pleasure doing this interview with you. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. That was Jan Kleine last year, Chief Operating Officer, Air Freight at Hellman Worldwide Logistics. That's it from us at Stack Media Group. We bring cargo masterminds every Monday. Thanks for tuning in and come back next Monday for a fresh episode.